0: Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles, that you're isolated and alone, like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search living fearless today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us, I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forster, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello, my friend, and welcome back. This week with me, I have my friend, John Bogus. John has just been absolute encouragement for me. His transformation, his journey, where he's going, the impact he's making. I'm just elated to be able to bring John to you. So with that, let me introduce you to John. John, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm great, Mike. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show and inviting me into your life, man. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, my friend. Hey, if we could, can we start with where you are today on like the business side of things? Can we start there? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I have just recently just launched a
1: a life coaching program for guys. The name of my business is the Regeneration Project, and my tagline is coaching men through trauma. Mm -hmm. So whether you're going through trauma or just emerging from trauma, I want to be a guide to help men who have. Or experiencing this and need help kind of moving to the next phase. I'm excited to, to kind of be here to kind of be helping the guy I formerly was and to help reach, you know, reach down on the, the rock face. One of my uh, mentors, he says, picture it this way. Say that you're up here on a rock face and you're climbing a rock and you have guys below you down here and they don't care. They just want to get from here to where you are up here so they just want to hand down to reach down and extend to them and say hey watch out for that gravelly path watch out for that that curve it's not as 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 bracing as you would think so with that i've empowered myself to kind of become a a resource and a guide for men who are who are struggling through trauma whether that's through divorce um, loss of a family through a divorce um, loss of a loved one loss of income loss of job wherever guys are struggling working through maybe identity issues coming out of all those things because i know who i used to be and i know where i would be without there's one guy in my life his name is doug and he was instrumental in helping me change so i kind of want to be a doug to other guys out there who who were stuck or who are stuck on the rock and just petrified to move up
0: yeah. I think without Doug's in our life or, or John's within our life, we <laughs> do stay stuck. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those of that in uncertainty just causes like this stagnation, almost sure. like we're just paralyzed. Absolutely. And, so, and it, yeah, absolutely. And
1: it, it's, it's a complete fear based position. Yes. Um, Doug taught me that fear is, an, is a fantastic acronym for future events appear real, F-E-A-R. And he's like, you know, you're worrying about things that are may never happen. He said, if they do happen, you'll get through them. He said, but, you know, when, every time you have fear, think of it, future events appear real. I was like, man, that's just been, it's been transformational for me. Just even that little, that little acrostic right there. So, so I live, I still live with that today. I share that with guys that I
0: mentor like you're sharing it here, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So on the, on the personal side, how do things Mm -hmm. look like for you? Man, things I am, I'm extremely blessed. I've been married for um,
1: a couple of years now to a beautiful lady named Laura. She and I met on match.com, one of the match.com success stories. And yeah, it's, it's a great story. And she has four kids I have one natural kid. So we have five kids together and her oldest has, uh, we have a, a grandson um, and a second grandkid on the way that's due in March. So, so things are good. We live in Orlando and she's a nurse and on top of doing coaching, I'm also still working in the software industry till my coaching gets up and running full time. But so, yeah, so things personally are fantastic. Life here in Orlando is pretty, pretty amazing.
0: Well, congratulations on, on your uh, next uh, upcoming grandchild there, man. That's awesome. Now, as far as like, you've made a big transformation, we've, we've had the opportunity to talk before about where you, you know, where you started at and the journey you've been on. For me, it's Mm -hmm. just totally inspirational. And that's, you know, why we want to talk about this here. So was there like, A point that you reached where you just kind of said enough is enough, like where things needed to change, or you just had that pivotal moment. Mm, Man, absolutely! I was
1: coming out of my the end of my second marriage. Laura is my third wife, and I went from being married for sixteen years and being with the same woman for eighteen years to immediately just dating, and didn't take any time to heal and process and work. And I went into a relationship that was just. I was not good in the marriage. And I just, the marriage just ended in abysmal failure. And I was sitting at this point in in my life. I was the heaviest I'd ever been at almost 330 pounds. I was completely alone. All my family, my, at that point, my first wife and my daughter had moved here to Florida. All my family lives in Florida. You know, my, my soon to be ex, second ex-wife was, you know, we were just completely separate at that point. And I remember the day she moved out of the house, I was just sitting in the front of the house in a a chair much like this one. And I was just sitting there and I remember just staring out the window because we had a front sitting room and I was staring at the front of the window looking onto the cul-de-sac. And I was just like, how the heck did I end up here? I mean, I was in size 44 waist pants. Not Not that weight is the indicator of happiness and joy and contentment, but for me, it was it for me, it was a marker of where I was and how far I had let myself kind of bottom out. I had no care for myself, no care for anybody around me. I was alone and I was literally sitting in the chair just with almost just my my chin and my hands just kind of like this, like sitting on the chair. Like how how is this my life? I never wanted to be divorced once, much less twice. I'm estranged from my daughter. I haven't really interacted with my family in so long, and and I'm I'm having this conversation out loud with God, with myself, just like how how is this me? How did I how did I become this guy? And I was just all the people in my life that I loved the most were the furthest away emotionally. My family was just so distant from me because I was distant from them. They wanted relationship with me, but I didn't know how to be. Healthy in relationship, and I just—I finally just said, you know what? That's enough. That is absolutely enough. I—I I, I have let everybody and everyone dictate my life, what it should look like, how I should be. I was going by, you know, people always call me Big John. It was a moniker that was put on me because of my weight. And sure, I'm—I'm I'm taller than the average man. I'm six one. It's not massively tall, but for the average human, it's—it's a, it's a taller guy. But I was just, and they call me Big John. And I hated that name. I hated being called Big Guy, Big John. I'm like, they say that because I've, I've got I've got a massive stomach. And I'm just, I mean, I've got more chins than Jay Leno. <laughs> and I was just, I was just, I was just miserable, Mike. I was just alone. The only thing I had at, my po- in, at that point in my life was my job. And my job was, they were great to me. It's the same company I'm still with today. But I just... I just had had enough. I just decided that in that moment, in that day, that I was not going to let other people's words in in my own sense of fear and sense of, well, this is what everyone thinks I am. I'm just a big guy. And, you know, this is who I am. I just decided I had enough. I had enough of being controlled. I had enough of being overweight had enough living in fear. I was sitting on the sidelines. Life was passing me by because I let it pass. I was just kind of existing. I wasn't really living. And I just, I'd even had stopped dreaming about what life could be and how I could be in life and what life would look like. It was literally in that moment that I just decided that it was enough, that I was going to make some major sweeping changes in my life. And that was the moment things really began to change for me.
0: So when you made that decision, like, what was your, your next step? How did you, how did you go about deciding where are you going to go? What changes are you going to make?
1: Yeah. The, the first thing I did, <clears throat> the first thing I did that I knew I can, could control was my health. I had high blood pressure. I was on high blood pressure meds. I was, like I said, I was just, I was just eating like a madman. I was extremely overweight. I knew that despite all the madness that was going on around me, that I could control what I put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I began <clears throat> to dream about, okay, I want to lose a hundred pounds. I have this goal that I want to lose a hundred pounds. And I just started a program where I was just like, I, I downloaded the app, lose it. And I just put in all my, all my statistics and I just started tracking my food. I just started taking care of myself. Self-care was in a, A massive change for me because up to that point, I never really cared for myself. And we're talking about even the smallest things were like getting pedicures and manicures and things like that, that, you know, like, like, and and I know this may sound silly to talk about, but even like, like my feet health were not like, like I, my, my feet were like a mess and my, my, my hair, my grooming, I just, was not a very well-kept guy. And I knew that was just a a mirror of what was going on internally. I knew that I had to begin to change from the inside in order for the outside to change. Much like a spiritual regeneration. It's like, you know, God doesn't care about what we look like when we go to church. He doesn't care about how we dress or he just wants our heart. So if we go to church and, you know, we just start a relationship with him, he'll change us from the inside out. And, and in that same way, my journey began when I started caring for me, when I started taking care of me, the, everything all from the calories to put in my mouth to my exercise regimen, which was non-existent at that point. I just started doing exercise walking. I didn't have money to go to a gym. I didn't have money to, you know, to buy fancy exercise equipment, but I knew that there was asphalt in my neighborhood and I knew I could get up at five in the morning and strap on my shoes and go for a walk around the neighborhood as fast as I could and and just kind of exercise walk around the neighborhood. And that's kind of where it started for me. It started really simple, really rudimentary, really raw, but it was just enough for me to begin just a major change from being this guy to being, to start on the journey to where I am today.
0: So I find it really amazing that it's like you focused on you and what you could control. I know for like, my journey, I was focused on what I could control. So I was kind of the the manipulator of of you know like my environment. Mm-hmm. How did you decide rather than hey, I'm gonna focus on stuff external, I'm gonna focus on internal. Like where was it that it was clear to you that's where I need to start in looking at the two options?
1: Yeah, I think a a lot of that was because I was held back so much by a fear of being able to dream. Like I never thought I could hit a goal of losing a hundred pounds because I thought, well, I'm never going to lose a hundred pounds. So I may as well just, I don't know, maybe I thought it was better to keep adding it on instead of at least trying a little, but, but, you know, at the same time I was, I was walking alongside one of my good friends. His name is Doug and Doug was a man who'd been through some major major changes in his life as well. And he was investing into me. He's he's a little bit older than me and kind of been through some stuff and our, our lives have a lot of mirror um, images and mirror examples of where he was. His life track was like, he was speaking when he was speaking to me, he was um, kind of speaking to himself from back then. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so he just took some time and invested into me and just, you know, it's not that he was challenging me to get out and exercise but he was just challenging me to be different than than where i'd been before so i just knew that i how i felt i knew the joint pain i was having i knew how miserable i felt when i ate poorly i knew how how i just hated that fact that i was just alone and that i had nothing around me i had no I, all i knew is that I was the one who held the key to change that I was locked in a prison, but I was the one who had the key at the same time. Like I could reach around and unlock it, but I would never have, I don't know. Unless I hit that moment where I was at the absolute rock bottom, I don't know that I would have realized, Oh, Hey dummy, you have the key. Just reach through and pop the lock and you can kind of set yourself free if you want. Like, Oh, okay. And you know, I think a lot of it too, for me was based on, uh, the, the scripture that the Bible verse that says that to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And I always took that to mean to love your neighbor more than you love yourself or don't love yourself as much as you love others. Is it the C.S. Lewis quote that says humility isn't thinking less of yourself?
0: No, it's not thinking of what is it? What is it there's the, there's the um, C.S. Lewis. Phrase. Don't think less of yourself think of yourself less. I believe That's it. how it is. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And so that was like,
1: so the, that Bible verse doesn't tell me to think less of myself. It doesn't tell me to love myself less. It tells me in as much as I love my neighbor, my family, it's a, it's an, it's a, it's a reflection of how I love myself. So if I'm loving myself poorly, then I can't be good in a relationship. I can't be healthy in a relationship. And I didn't understand, I don't know what it was, but there was just something about that time in my life where what that verse meant really came to life for me. And it was just like, oh, love myself as much as I love others. So if I take care of myself and I love myself well, I'm going to be great in a relationship. I'm going to attract healthy people in my life. And I just kept attracting all the broken people. And not that, that we shouldn't reach back and help people who are broken. But at that phase of my life, I just knew I had to had to kind of change the way the way I was treating myself. And in order to do that, I had to really just start learning how to love myself well.
0: So how did things look like six, 12 months down the road? I mean you're you're focused on your weight, you're focused on loving yourself. How did you how did you see things changing as you're going along?
1: Yeah, it was incredible because I I realized how much my presence was being missed in a relationship. And I didn't understand, like, for example, when I, when I first moved back to Florida at that time, I was living in Georgia. So I was really distant from everybody. The only people I had in my life that were friends were work people. I even, even the friends that I had in my neighborhood, I had pushed them away so hard. That was literally The only people I had in my life were my coworkers, which is not a bad thing. They're still relationships, but I didn't have anybody around that, that were, you know, truly family members of mine. So I decided at that point, I was just like, you know, I'm alone here. I thought I could kind of make a life here, you know. Apart from my daughter not being close to me, the, one of the, the first major things I did was decide I was going to move back to Florida. I decided that this is where my family is. This is where my family of origin lives. This is where my mom, my dad, my sister, brother, all my nephews. And I mean, I've got a big family and we always get together, you know, being Middle Eastern, we just, we're always, we're always together. And it's a, it's a major part of, of our life. So one of the first things I did was just like okay I just had to realize like when I moved back home my mom was just elated with the fact that I moved back home and I just felt that I felt the distance because I was near her I could I I could feel how much I had how how much the relationships had missed out because I wasn't there not I don't think highly of myself I don't think I'm this you know I don't think that I'm this amazing reason why relationships work, but I also know that, that there was a certain role and a certain presence and a certain voice that my, my presence brought to relationships. And without me being here to be a part of that, that there was, there was a, there was a hole, there was a, there was a John size hole in people's lives Yeah, that only I could fill. And again, I say that with all humility and, and with all, you know, just, With all, you know, I don't want—I don't know the phrase I'm looking for, but seriously, with all the humility that I could think of, it's like, wow, I really have just kind of shorted myself and and my family of having a relationship with me and the roles that I could fill by being home.
0: And then, so as you're looking at yourself and going, I'm not satisfied with who I am, where I'm at, and. You talked about, you know, going through manipulation was, was part of that also like going, who am I like, like, did you lose your identity kind of in the process?
1: Yeah, um, for, through that? yeah
0: absolutely.
1: When I was, when I was married the first time I was, it was, you know, it was like, I, I, I kind of lost myself in that. Like I, I knew how to be, I knew how to be a husband. I knew how to be an everyday dad. I knew how to be, you know, John, John, the the guy who was, who was married and who had a daughter and, you know, knew how to, how to come home and play restaurant with his daughter and how to do the things she loved to do. I knew how to be that guy, but I also, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know, okay, well, what do I like? I mean, outside of, having my coffee every day, every morning, which I know I still love. And outside of watching New England Patriots football, I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know if I liked reading. I didn't know if I liked sitting out in the sun, having a cigar and reading a book and just kind of basking in the moment. I didn't know that this version of me today loves to journal, loves to read, loves to invest in a relationship I I really didn't know any of that. I didn't know my likes, dislikes. It was really strange. It was just kind of like I knew how to exist as this one persona, but I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what God's word said of me. I didn't know what my identity in Christ was, or any of. I was just completely just lost. It was just kind of like a sailboat in the middle of the ocean with absolutely no wind. I was just kind of. Floating along.
0: Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. How did you go about discovering that and going, okay, I mean, coffee, foregone (laughs) conclusion. I get that. (laughs) Absolutely. How did you decide? yes, I like this. No, I don't like that. I mean, how did you discover yourself again? A lot of it, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, I used to reward myself
1: a lot with food. Like food was my, as a kid, food was always my reward. Kind of like training a dog, I guess, you know, you give them a treat when they do good. So for me growing in, and this lends to part of the reason why I was as heavy as I was too, is because if I did something good, And I'd be slamming my face into a, you know, Popeye's four piece dinner and just, you know, with an extra biscuit and just crushing. that was my reward. So I had to change the way I related to food. And by doing that, I would say, okay, well today I'm going to go. Okay. So I I hit my, my weight loss goal this week. I'm going to go to the farmer's market and I'm going to see if I like to go to the farmer's market, or I'm going to go shopping at Kohl's and see what it feels like to be in a a size 36 pants. And I haven't even, I haven't even breathed a pair of 36 pants and I don't know how long. <laughs> so it's like I had to learn these things. Okay, well, you know, today at the science center, they're having this, this, you know, this, this exhibit on the human body. I'm gonna go see that. And I would just go by myself things I would never do. Like I used to be able to go to fast food restaurants by myself, but to go to a sit-down restaurant and order from, you know, from, from a waiter or waitress and be served at the table, that was hard for me to do. So it's just I kept trying things, and I kept a journal of things I like to do. Like you know, okay, well, I still I still like fishing, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get a fishing rod and I'm gonna go fish off the dock at my brother's house, or I'm gonna go do this. And I just learned how to change the way I related to food. Like food didn't become this this merit of reward; it just became something kind kind of became a utility for me. Okay, I need to eat these many calories a day. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to you know food became a utility instead of a a measure of reward for me. So you
0: changed your relationship and mindset with food as far as how, how you were dealing with it. I love the fact that you're, you're showing courage. I mean, like you're going and doing stuff that is uncomfortable, right? That Mm -hmm. that you just haven't experienced before and you're and you're breaking through the fear and just going and doing it. So you and I have talked before about like there's four fights that you encounter that you go through. Would yeah. you share that? Yeah, for sure. I mean when I when I decided that I've
1: had enough, there were four fights, four big fights that I had to had to encounter. I had to fight my fears. I had to fight my I had to fight the stereotypes, whether put on me or that I put on myself, I had to fight to find my identity and I had to fight to have the gumption to persevere through those because, you know, it's one thing to have a goal, but it's another thing to see it through to completion. So, so yeah, so I, I, those were my, those are my four big, four big Fs, if you will. And that's, that's what they came out to be.
0: Now you, we've talked about a little bit on the identity and, and maybe on the stereotypes, how did you fight through your fears? Cause I mean, you're doing that. Like we talked about, you're going to new places, new situations. You're, you're going to a sit down dinner by yourself. How are you conquering that fear that's in front of you when it's just like you, you've got so many things that are going on, you know, mm. how are you, how are you successfully moving forward? I- For me, a lot of it was based on, I used, I used
1: scripture a lot. I used God's word to, to kind of help me learn that, I mean, the Bible tells me that with, with Jesus, what do I have to fear? I mean, truly, if I, I think I was living in fears that were like, I was smuggling fears from the future and bringing them into today. Like, Okay. So what if I don't hit my goal or then I'm going to be, what if, if I don't hit my goal, then people are going to mock me. If I don't do this, I'm like, that's all stuff I can't control. But I knew that for today, for this 24 hour time box of my life, I can control the things I'm afraid of. I can control how I respond in certain situations. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't, I don't know why, but I always thought it was like in my mind, I always thought it was less than to be a guy in a restaurant, sitting by himself, reading a book and, and, you know, and, and just kind of sitting there by himself and just enjoying the moment of solitude. But I was realized like, what, what do I have to fear? Like who, what am I fearing? What am I missing except missing out on things that are wonderful? Like one of the first, one of the first things I, and this is probably one of the reasons why I love the movie, The Revenant so much with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. So one of the first things I did as my second marriage was was smoldering was I went to to the movie theater and I got the largest popcorn you could get. Now, this is before I started my weight loss journey. I got the largest popcorn you can get, the largest uh, soda you can get, and a massive bag of M&Ms. And I just watched The Revenant. And that movie became like my song of independence i don't know what it was but there's every time today even today when i see that movie i sat in the movie theater like a king with my feet up and just kind of eating that popcorn and MMs together sipping on my coke zero just crushing it and i was just like this is amazing this is the most liberating and independent thing i have ever done and it felt fantastic when i realized it, what's the big deal going to a movie by yourself it, it was fantastic had a wonderful time and I still love the movie today. I have it saved on my DVR still, and I won't delete it. Like I still
0: watch it every now and again. Now that I relive that, that emotional victory of going to the movie by myself. So is was your love for the movie for the movie or, or for that experience that, that you had that day.
1: Probably both, but I think it's, okay. it's, it's, a lot of it is probably based on the experience as well. I, it wasn't too long ago that the movie was on and I watched it. And even after the end of the movie, I told my wife, Laura, I said, I still remember that moment that I mm-hmm. went out and experienced this movie all by myself. And she just kind of smiled. She goes, I love that you have that. And I said, I know, it's just, it's an incredible feeling. So I think it's probably, majority of it is probably the emotional experience, but it's also the movie as well, for sure.
0: Yeah, I can relate with that. That's the way I am yeah. with the movie Dune. So yeah. So I fully feel you on that. So as far as like persevering, the fight, you know, to persevere. Mm-hmm. Um how did you begin to practice that and experience it as you're as you're discovering who you are? Like what did that look like? Yeah, that was that was hard because there were some weeks where, <clears throat> you
1: know, just with the natural ebb and flow of life that I just like. No matter what I did, no matter how hard I tracked, no matter how good I was with my food and my intake, that there are weeks of my body didn't cooperate. You know, I'm a near 50 year old guy at that point. And I just didn't have times where I, where things cooperated. Actually, one of my, one of my coworkers, her name is Sam. And she was, she was kind of part of my success story as well, because she was a personal trainer for a while. And she helped me kind of learn to just stick with the program. She was kind of like, almost like my nutrition coach at that point, because I wasn't exercising a lot because I was just, it was just, I was just, I wasn't exercising a ton because I was just so heavy. I couldn't really get out. I felt like I couldn't get out. I probably could have, but, and so I would just kind of, you know, tell her my check in and tell her how it was going. So it's like, I emerged, I emerged from some weeks that were really low. And really down because, of like, okay, I have been on this weight for the last three weeks. Or why did I gain a pound when I did? I didn't do anything different than I did the weeks before, where I lost one or two pounds. I don't get it. And um, I found that in in the in the conduit of relationship that I really within community, I found great hope and great success and great encouragement. So I, I think I learned for so long, you know, in in prior iterations of my life, I learned how to, to be, to kind of be isolated Mm -hmm. and I was safe. I felt safe in that isolation because no one knew my junk. But when I got into community and started shedding some light on situations, started shedding some light on, on my life and being honest and being authentic about life that I realized I can, I can still succeed. And it's okay. People don't know that I'm Johnny on the spot and have it all together because it's okay to, to be imperfect. But the goal, if you have this goal, you want to hit up losing hundred pounds, you're going to have weeks of being up and down and you just kind of have to stay, stay to the course. And I think a lot of it too, for me was based in that one day at a time mindset Um, that, you know, I had no promises that tomorrow I was going to wake up. I had no promises that in the next four hours, I was going to still be alive. But I knew in that moment, I could eat well, I could tr- treat my body well, I could take care of me. And that in the end, the principle of, of eating well and and, taking in, and being kind to myself and loving myself well, would, would end up working in my benefit.
0: So you, you set that goal of losing 100 pounds. Did your goal like did your goals change as you went along were there other ones that came up as well i think
1: one of my goals was i i never wanted to hear people tell call me big john again i just that was just i think a lot of it too was i was i was kind of chunky growing up and i got teased a lot about weight and i just i get tired of get tired of people calling me big john I, I just like one of my goals is like not to hear that again unless they're talking about stature and that person better have been a little person looking up and, hey what's that big guy like, okay i can accept that <laughs> but you know I, I i think part of it was i just i think i just wanted to be i just didn't want to be big john anymore I didn't want to be a big guy, and I think that was one of my goals. But it's funny because my goals were shifting; they were changing along the way. Like I think initially, I think my goal was to lose fifty pounds, and then as I hit the fifty pounds, like okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna increase that a little bit. And it, it was like a it was a moving target, but it wasn't like this fast. And it was like a goal I could hit. It was it was it was a bullseye where I could focus and hit that, and then kind of move down, move up, or whatever, whatever the case is. That's
0: cool. Yeah, as you were going going through the journey, were there, I know you had Doug, you know, encouraging you along, were there things that you were doing as well, like tools or practices or, or other things that were strengthening you and and helping you move along? Yeah, for sure. One of the things that I,
1: I always, I've always thought myself to be a morning person. I've always been very chipper in the morning, but I didn't have any kind of productivity routine in the morning. And you know there there are a lot of Bible verses that talk about you know spending time with the Lord in the morning or hear my morning song or you know God's mercies are new every morning. So I started this this practice for myself where I get up at at the crack my my wife will call it the butt crack of dawn but it's the it's the crack of dawn it's dark o'clock and I'm I'm up French pressing I'm I'm saying the alarm goes off at 4:30 in the morning. And if I don't have a workout scheduled that morning, sometimes I'll work out first thing. I'll be at the gym by five 30, out with my trainer, but for the mornings where I don't work out, I will, you know, make my coffee. My discipline is to make coffee. I sit down with my productivity planner, fill out my day planner for the day. I, I journal, read my Bible, read a devotional, and I journal through that kind of get my day mapped out ahead of me. And once I have that time and I feel my, you know, feel connected and feel, I'm grounded and centered in where to have to achieve for the day. Then I'll, then I'll get up and begin my day. And, and, and a lot of times my workout will, I'll go work out at five 30 in the morning, come home, shower, and then I'll do my, do my kind of, if I have the time before my job has to start, I'll, I'll do the same routine. It might be abbreviated time period, but I'll still try and get that done. I'm not perfect at it. I mean, not we're human and, you know, we, we sometimes we just need grace and sometimes we need to give ourselves grace so there's a lot of times where i just don't like even this morning i didn't i i just didn't wake up early enough to have time for quiet time so but it doesn't mean that i was any less productive and and i knew that you and i were going to talk tonight and i was looking forward to that so i did want to have some time where i centered my heart and my mind and just kind of got focused on on my tasks for the day and i had to show up i just have to have to keep showing up i have to keep being john i have to keep being john bogus have to keep showing up and and realizing there are other people that are depending on me, whether that's my wife, whether that's the guys from my community group, whether that's some of the guys I mentor now that just, Hey, I need, I need some help. I have a guy today who's just in court today going through mediation. He just needed a friend to talk to, and I have to be there for him. I committed to him and um, I committed to be his mentor for that. And so that's part of my journey. It's just kind of getting my heart straight early in the morning so i have enough strength and power kind of like charging your cell phone you charge it overnight so you when you unplug it in the morning and you get a full day of of power and, and charge to get you through your day
0: that's awesome Now you could shared, like when you were in georgia not having you know like your family relationships as mm-hmm. you changed did that also change as well things are fantastic
1: with them things are really good my mom passed away but of course you know Things were good with her until she passed away. But yeah, so but yeah, things are things are definitely things are definitely great with, with my family. I talk to my dad just about every couple of days, just call and check in on him. I was texting my brother. My brother also has a, a podcast that he that he does, and I was like, hey, you know, it's almost a day. I'm trying to be like my cooler older brother and be, be on a podcast. And <laughs> so so yeah, so yeah, so I think I have very good, very vibrant relationships with my family. So that has really changed. And, and so many times when I first moved home, it was, I was, I'm just so glad you're home. It's just so good for you to be home. And my mom, before she passed away, she would always say, "I just our family's whole. My son is home. My family is whole again. And it's just, that's those are the moments where I was like, I missed out on a lot and I can't go back and change that. I can't live in regret because that won't change a dang thing for today. But what I can can do is from this moment forward, I can be present. I can love my family well, and I can be—I can be the full John Baggus package for all these people in my life that that love me and that have missed me. So that's a—that's a really big thing for me. My family is like critically important to my life,
0: yeah. and it shows, John. I want to ask: How can people reach out to you to connect with you? You know, to to hear more from you in your journey, the guidance that you're giving. How can they do that?
1: A couple of different ways. First of all, you can email me at john at regenerationproject.co. Um, it's the cool new.com. So it's <laughs> regenerationproject.co. So john at regenerationproject.co. I also have a website. If guys go to regenerationproject.co, submit their name and email address, a PDF that I wrote, it's self-care guide. It's 10 self-care tips and it's pages of information that I that just kind of chronicle what I did in my life and the changes I put in my life. It's completely free. I won't sell or share your information with anybody and you can unsubscribe at any time. But essentially, if you just go to the website, Regeneration Project, you can go there, fill out the form, and, and then immediately you'll go through the process and then the PDF will be available for download for you. Also on Facebook at The Regen Project, the R E G E N Project. Also on Instagram by the same handle.
0: Perfect. John... Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today, sharing your story, the encouragement, the, just the, the battles you fought, you know, the, the four big fights, thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. all of that and just being open and, and being encouraging. So I really appreciate it, John. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your, your interest
1: in in my story and how quickly you've just kind of got in and rolled up your sleeves and just kind of got. Got messy with me early on, and I appreciate that, man. It means a lot to have somebody who's new in my life but also just kind of sees the value of of, of connection, the value of community, and the value of relationships. So I appreciate you a lot, man. And, and you're 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 helping a lot. and You're helping me, and I know you're helping tons of other people. So thank you for for stepping up and stepping out.
0: So it's not easy to do what you do, and I appreciate you doing it. My pleasure, my friend. We're both both on a journey together. So yes, sir. I look forward to the to the path we're on. so much my friend for joining me on another episode if you found the information within this show helpful please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free see you on the next episode and remember to continue putting yourself out there have a great one